You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again is Ryan North. As always. <laughs> I think that's but not time as always without the wonderful Kayla, who yeah, so, is absent. Yeah, so um, I, I, how many, do you remember how many, epi- no, how many episodes we've recorded, Chris? I suppose I could really look that up if I really wanted to know. Over 100, because we did a 100th episode a few months back, so okay, it's I'm, been over 100. It's, we have, we, this is episode 122, you and I are recording right now. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so, uh, and, and for those episodes, except for maybe that handful at the beginning, they've been me, you, and Kayla. Um, we did, we did make the decision in 2021, um, that to try to keep, keep a steady flow of content that, uh, if two of us are able to go, um, then we were probably going to go ahead and do that. So, um, I know we think we recorded maybe two episodes without you this year. Mm. Uh, I think you like you had a final or something the next day. Um, Sounds about right. And then now we've recorded two episodes. So I'm the only, dear listeners, this is your friend Ryan speaking. I'm the only one that shows up for you all the time. Not true. Which is interesting because you just heard an episode called Being There. And I'm here as I have been on every episode this season. This episode. That's what I'm saying. This season. Yeah, hey. I'm talking about this season. Keeping you honest. I'm, I'm, no need to be kept honest. So I'm we a man were talking of people, about, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the people, yes, sir. Um, we were talking about presence in, in the last episode, and we both had uh, many more thoughts that we wanted to continue to share. So we decided we wanted to record a a part two, yes, uh, to that episode, and. Um, one of the things that I, that I had thought about and that I hinted at uh, at the end of the last one was examples of three people um, where the absence of a father had a profound effect upon them. Um, the first of these is Michael Jordan. So when Michael Jordan was with the Bulls, they went through this string of league championships. Yes. And I believe it was the last one that the Bulls won with Michael Jordan. His father had passed away uh, before that time came. And Jordan's reaction in that championship clinching game at the conclusion was unlike all the rest because there was a profound moment there where he realizes and you can see it, you know, go watch the, the footage, find it on YouTube, whatever. Um, he realizes this is a moment he cannot share with his dad. Is this the one where, we, where he's got like the, the caps kind of awkwardly on his head and he's holding the trophy and crying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, 
because he had been able to share all those other moments with mm-hmm. his father, all, all of his other successes in, in college and, and as a professional, and his father wasn't there. And that, to me, was always evidence of a good relationship with your father. And mm-hmm. when that relationship is severed because he's not physically present anymore, what toll does that take on you? And un- unfortunately, that that's a moment that uh, Michael publicly shared with all of us which I'm sure he would like to have kept private, but uh, in the emotion of that moment, that's just something that happens. Uh, we saw it uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, T.J. Oshie of the Washington Capitals uh, had to play a game two days after losing his father, mm. went out and scored a hat trick. And he comes over to the bench after that third goal, and the emotion is all over his face and his teammates are there to to console him and congratulate him all, all in one and um that's just uh, again speaks to the relationship those men had with with their dads and the presence literally and figuratively that they held in their lives the other two examples that i tend to think of are on the opposite side of the spectrum what happens to someone when they lose those guardrails of their father in their mm. lives and that would be tiger woods and mike tyson now, mike tyson didn't have a father per se during his formative uh, years but he had a father figure the man who got him into boxing in the first place and you can see it play out plainly over the course of his life what happened when that man died and mm-hmm. the same thing with tiger you know after his father passed decisions he made in his personal life and the toll yeah. that took on on him and, and his family and that speaks I, I guess to to the goodness of the relationship they had with with their father or father figure that they were lost without them that their their those men had invested uh, so much of themselves into their lives that I, I, I don't know maybe some might might look at those stories and say, well, that shows a lack of preparation on those men's parts, but perhaps not necessarily. It, it could just be that they had such a good relationship with those men, they did had no clue what to do without them in their lives. And this is just, to me, this speaks to the importance of us being not just physically present for our children, but being there emotionally and mentally as well to train them up. Uh, the way is intended for fathers to do with their children. Okay, so um, you said a lot, all of it good. And, and the reason I point out that you said a lot, because in the last, I don't know, three minutes that you talked about those guys and their relationship with their dads, I, I literally wrote down seven different things that <laughs> that, that, that triggered and, and me that, that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, so so I don't I don't know about about any specific specific order here, but I think that you you had drew a clear that there were, there was there was a clear two groups that you drew. One was dads, and one was father figures, mm. um, right? And so you know one of the things that 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 Kayla and I talk about a lot, um, you you've heard me say is is I'm thankful for the presence of male figures in my son's lives. Yeah. Uh, not and and again I don't want anybody to hear oh you're not present that there's strong you know, male role in your daughter's lives. Absolutely. I am absolutely. I am. But, but, but my daughters have a lot of strong female role models in their lives too. But I'm talking about my boys because, um, you know, some of their friends don't have that. 
uh, in their lives. And so, you know, you know, my, my son, um, as people may not know this, who, who, are, who are listening to this episode, my, my son, um, I know reaches out to you on occasion, uh, by text and sometimes, uh, to talk. Um, I know a few months back, uh, a time that at least I was aware of that he had texted you and asked for, for some involvement in his life and a situation. But even outside of things as serious as that, I, I know that he copies me on text. He'll, he'll find, you know, goofy things on the internet and he'll send them to me and to you, um, because he knows that you'd like them. Uh, our friend Keith, um, another, another guy who, who I'll, I'll never forget every, every single time he sees my son tries to impart one little nugget of, of, of wisdom. Um, I remember one time Keith told him, listen, if you're not good at like, uh, like handy stuff around the house, you better learn now as a child, because one day, if you're not, your father-in-law will think less of you, right? And so yeah. I mean, that, 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 kind of, that kind of stuff, um, you know, our friends, uh, Russ and Allison up in New Jersey, you know, Allison was on, on the Mother's Day episode with us. Um, you, know, you know, Russ is a hugely influential person in my son's life, um, even, though, even though, you know, I don't know how far New Jersey is from Texas, but it's got to be more than a thousand miles. It's far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily the technology does that because Kayla and I had gone out, um, to dinner recently and we walked back in the door and Tyler was sitting, um, sitting on, on, on you know, at our dining room table, FaceTiming Rusk because, you know, uh, we talked a little bit, um, about, about drawing healthy boundaries, which are hard for him. And so, and he said, and he, and he said to me, I'm really trying to figure out why that's hard for me. Okay, um, that was hard for me to hear, not because I was super proud of him because he's trying to figure out, but I'm like, like I can explain it to you. <laughs> right. But that's not going to help him <laughs> if I explain it to him. So, so on this journey, but what he did was he called Russ and he said, hey man, I, I really want to understand why drawing boundaries is hard for me. And so, and so people like that, like, like, like Moses, Uvere, who, 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 um, people will never know. Mo doesn't listen to the podcast, but, but, um, for years, our opening music that, um, was, was, was a, a track, a piece of music that Moses had created and, and we got yep. his permission to use it on the podcast. Somebody who was, uh, Tyler's middle school youth pastor who to this day still checks in on him and makes sure that, that, that he is, you know, is, is, is doing his best <laughs> to walk the straight and narrow, so to speak. And so I'm hugely, hugely thankful for, for that, that, that group of people who invest in my, in my, so my oldest son now, right? Who invest in my oldest son, my, my brother, my older brother, who, who's not, you know, I, I've told my kids before, you know, you know, he and I, I mean, we have a fine relationship now. It was a very contentious relationship as children. Uh, we're only 18 months apart. So I'm assuming it's the proximity that made it like we were always kind of like, you know, you talked about Michael Jordan. There was always, we were always throwing elbows in the paint sort of thing, being so close in proximity, right? He and I have had fist fights over the year. We've both punched the other person in the face. I mean, it's, it's, it's all boy, all brother. It's like, it's like a episode of some sort of Western from the fifties um, where the brothers just get into it, but he's a great uncle. Like he spends a lot of time investing um, in, in, in his nephews. Uh, and his nieces, and not to the, the same degree as as the boys. He he has a son, a teenage son, and so they end up doing things together. Like this afternoon, he was he was um, with them. So I'm thankful for that group of people. But then the flip side of that, though, Chris, is is when you don't have 
a father present in the home and you don't have a group of influential men in your life, right? Um, that's really, really uh, difficult, difficult for our kiddos because, because you, you, you know, we know that you need structure and, 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 and nurture. And so I've had to learn to be more nurturing because, because I'm, because I'm more structured by nature. Um, but, but it's not, you know, we talk about a lot about how, how, you know, you can't be one of the parents is nurturing, one of the parents is structured. You have to be that in and of yourself. And, and my son said to me uh, last, last week, it's so odd um, that, that we're talking about this now, um, because this wasn't planned. This was like, okay, Kayla can't join us for for tonight. What are, what are we going to talk about, right? And right. But 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 Tyler said to me last week, um, as he he you know now he's eighteen years old. He's you know he just graduated from high school, and in the middle of his senior year of high school, he started seeing this young this young girl. Um, and he said to me so much about how I act in relationship, I have learned from watching how you treat mom. And, and I don't think I'd ever valued um, just, you know, we talk a lot about how behavior is caught, not taught, and those kinds of things. But I don't think I ever gave much thought to in terms of how I would like my child to treat any woman in his life with, um, right. you know, and we, we, I, I, we've told his girlfriend and we've told him um, both separately and in front of each other, our our number one goal for our son in relationship with you, his high school girlfriend, is that he would always treat you with the honor and respect that you're deserving of. And that's, that's what we've tried to model for him. But, but think about kids who don't have that, right? Think about kids who yeah. don't have... Um, who don't have that number one by physical presence or number two don't have that by intentionality of of their dad right i was thinking about mm -hmm. but your oldest davis you could make a list of 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 adult men who who've, who hold influence over his life um you know and some some might overlap on my list i could probably think of a couple more over the top of my head if i was guessing who who that might be and so when when our kids come to us in our in our homes um, like every single one of, 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 of our four adopted children come from an environment where there was no male present in the home. That's just mm. the reality of my kid's story, right? And, and I'm not talking about like what I think might be true, what, what ought to be true. I'm talking about what is true in my, in my kids' lives. And I think that sometimes we don't appreciate the deficits from which we're starting with relationally, you know. Um, right. Over the years, I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I'll just say one more thing before I stop talking. No. But um, over the years, you know, we were foster parents for 10 years. And all of those placements, you know, that, boy, that, 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 that was an education in, in, in so many ways. But I remember um, that, that, that one night um, I, was, I was punched in the groin um, by, by a five-year-old girl. Now, some of you are going, five-year-old girl, how, how, how much could that have hurt? I can assure you it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but she had come from a home where, where her mo mother's boyfriend um, was physically abusive of her mother. And so she learned to hit people to get her way. She was also scared of me. And so that was her fight response when I said, it's time, it's time for bed. You need to go brush your teeth. Um, because it's not only that there might not be presence, but sometimes the presence is a negative presence. 
and so and so there's just so much ground that 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 the dads have to recover at least you know and again i'm not going to speak for anybody i'll speak for myself right now there's so much in in terms of how how they were treated how their moms were treated uh whether there was somebody there or not that has to be recovered and i think if you know listen if any dads are listening to this or, or wives you you stop right now and go get your husbands and play them this part is is that you have got to show up you've got to show up and, and moms you got to encourage your husbands uh because one of the things that just really really drives me bonkers is sometimes you'll go like you'll notice like there's a lot of like like parenting groups on on facebook particularly and it's almost exclusively women who are participating because i've over the years seen that when dads throw a question in there they're not like oh my gosh, this is so great that a dad's involved. They're like, uh, it's almost mocked because it's like, you know, it's connected parenting 101 or something and right. we should automatically know better. And so what happens is, is, is people retreat and they don't try to, 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 to learn more. And we do need to learn more. We do need to be engaged. Um, and, 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 and moms, um, us dads need to be encouraged because, you know, listen, we've talked about it before on the show. Men are basically middle school boys with mortgages okay that's basically what men are so just in the same way that you'd say you know in a non-condescending way good job buddy um, i think that dads very much need encouragement i think a lot of of the turnaround in the way that i have been a father to my children has been on the back of my wife's encouragement um, when we've when we've made some moves in the right direction hey it's dallas i'm here to tell you about the upcoming interactive learning experience called build creating a foundation of connection. Starting on June 7th, this course was developed by Ryan and Caleb and was created as a resource for people raising children with trauma histories. This course was influenced by the work of some of the most respected voices in the fields of developmental trauma and attachment, including Dr. Karen Purvis, Dr. Kurt Thompson, Dr. Tina Payne Bryson, and many more. In this six-week course, you'll have the opportunity to learn each week about the impact of your children's history while learning the tools and strategies necessary to meet their needs in a way that will bring hope, healing, and connection. This course is open to anyone who is parenting kids who have experienced trauma and for those parents in the waiting process. You'll get six weeks of live training via Zoom, lifetime access to the video replays for you and your spouse, supplemental reading lists and recommended sources, an hour of remote parent coaching, and much more. To register and learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com or click the link in this episode's show notes. Every person has a great capacity to heal and grow, while at the same time having the capacity to be a healer. Let's create a foundation of connection together with Bill, starting June 7th. I, I would say this too to any dads out there listening, be prepared to be that father figure for someone else somewhere down the line. Uh, because it may pop up in a place that you're not expecting it. Uh, you know, for me, um, I got my kids involved uh, with, in Cub Scouting uh, because my dad got me involved mm-hmm. in Cub Scouting. And that was where a large part of my bond with my father was formed. Um, when I m- moved from Cub Scouts into Boy Scouts, my, the Boy Scout troop I joined I was sponsored by, our, by our, our, the church that we attended and had a great participation uh, but we were also a very small church. Um, you know, fifty to sixty people was was you know average attendance every Sunday. You know, we we broke a hundred. You know, with Christmas and Easter, the C and Ears or the family visiting from yeah. from out of town kind of thing. Um, 
And so as some of those boys got older and graduated and moved on, uh, and we were unable to replace them with, with you know younger families moving in because there were no younger families moving in because we were such a small church, um, the, the, the troop dwindled uh, to the point where uh, there was one year, it was me and my best friend, Joey. And my dad stepped up and and was became became scoutmaster and and shepherded us through that that year and I have this really fond memory of camping out in the back of my dad's pickup truck. We were at a a district jamboree. Uh, we didn't bother pitching a tent because it was just the three of us. Joey had not quite hit his growth spurt yet, so he could sleep uh, crossways across the uh, truck bed. So we each had a, a little pallet that we slept on. My dad had a cot that he uh, was high enough that he could sleep over one of the wheel wells. And so Joey slept crossways across the, the back of the truck. My dad slept over um, one of the wheel wells, and I was on the floor right next to him. Um. And it rained all night. <laughs> and we had a aluminum camper shell, you know, keeping us dry. That's but fun. that that water on metal tapping all night long. But, you know, uh, it was a great camping trip. And... Uh, so that was one of those things that kind of instilled that love uh, of scouting in the outdoors within me. And I wanted to, you know, pass it on to my kids. And so I was asked, uh, you know, could, could I be a den leader? Sure. Sure, I'll be a den leader. And then the, the current Cub Master was uh, moving on when his son uh, moved on from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. Would you take over the pack? Um, okay, sure. I'll take over the pack. And it, both in both instances, both as a den leader and then also as cub master, I found myself with single moms bringing their sons in, and they're looking, you know, for positive male role models for their kids. Um, not to say they weren't getting that, you know, from their their own fathers. Their own fathers were involved in their lives. I met them. Uh, they did come to events, but you know, they weren't living with them one hundred percent of the time, and so. You know, that's that. That was something that uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting. I just, well, it just wasn't on my radar. Uh, it is a reality, of course. And so, once it happened the first time, I was better prepared for it. You know, the second and third time uh, during my tenure there. So uh, that that that'd be my advice: is you know, you could be someone's father figure at any time and and not necessarily realize it. So be prepared which is also the motto of the Boy Scouts. Yes. Um, of course, Boy Scouts' origins at the siege of Mafeking in South Africa in the Anglo-Boer War. Yes, they are. Yes. Um, it's, it's funny um, that, that that is a conversation that, that, that I can have with a handful of people because, you know, <laughs> growing, growing up in South Africa, it's like, it's like something that like all, all school children, not just involved in the Scouts, are taught because it's something to be, be proud of. This is a global thing that right. gets started out there. Um, anyhow, yep. uh, you know, you're talking about, about, you know, mentoring and influence and all of those, those wonderful things. And, and I think that, um, you know, which, which is, again, you know, the men who have influence over my children, um, I'm, I'm happy about because, because even as involved as I am and as active as I am and as present as I try to be, um, you know, in, in a world that is always now more than ever yelling and trying to get their attention, my gosh, I thought it was bad trying to parent kids when the worst thing that was out there was they could get on Instagram and it's like a TikTok and snap. I'm just, oh. my, my son thinks that I am I'm old because I don't have a TikTok account. 
I'm like, this is what we've come to now. Your, your, your relative value as a human being is determined by how many followers you have on TikTok. Anyhow, Chris didn't mean to make you cry there, my friend. Um, <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm blowing my I nose. Know. It's allergy season in North Texas. Oh, my gosh, yes. Which is a reminder, in case you're just joining this episode, why Kayla North's not here. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, but, but this idea about being influential um, is, is really, really important, you know, and, and it never stops. It never stops. So I just want to, tell, to give you two examples of that. Uh, number one, um, at some point, now there, there's, there's this guy, uh, and I'll have to find it. I, I don't know his name, but he makes videos. He has a YouTube channel, and he makes videos for young boys, teaching them to do manly things for boys who have been raised in a house without a dad. And it's stuff we take for granted, like he has a video on how to tie a tie, uh, something my dad taught me how to do. Mm, same, uh, same with me. My, my dad's a Windsor knot kind of a guy, which is complicated. It uh, is. It's only not I know how to tie. No, I don't know how to tie a half Windsor or any other kind of. No, I don't know how to tie. I only do the full Windsor. So my uncle. I'll have to teach you. So, so my <laughs> uncle, my my mom's brother-in-law, one time showed me how to tie, you know, the half Windsor or whatever, like the real simple version of a knot. And it's funny. Like I don't wear ties a lot, but an occasion when I have a tie and my dad dad sees me, he always he still I'm 45. He still makes a comment about the fact that I don't know how to tie a Windsor knot. <laughs> so, so there is we that. We can practice. We yeah, there practice. is that. I, mean, I, I bet I could. I bet I could get it right now. I just don't have the patience for it as a child. And yeah. you say, why as a child? Well, again, I am from the British Commonwealth, and starting in the first grade, boys were button shirts and ties to, to school, right? I mean, my entire schooling. Although um, during the spring and summer months when I was in high school, they actually went to uh, open neck short sleeve shirts. But in the winter, you had to wear a long sleeve uh, dress shirt with a with a tie and a blazer. Yep. Um, so so there, there is that. Um, our friend Russ, who we've already mentioned in this episode, uh, Russ loves working on cars. And uh, at their home in New Jersey, he actually in, in, he has what he calls the shop. It's basically, you know, sli slightly larger than, than a two-car garage. But in the one, one side, he actually has a, a shop lift. And every Thursday night, a group of, of, of teenage boys comes over to the house, and he gives them lessons on how to work on cars, how to change the brakes, how to change the oil, and, and minor things like that, like stuff like my dad taught me how to do, right? Yep. Um, I don't know how much money we've saved over the last 20 years being able to do minor auto repairs, and now we've passed that on to my son. And here's the great thing about that. My son goes over to my parents' house, and he and my dad work on a car together. And so now that's just generationally through through the family, because I remember when he was a kid, my dad, my dad and I were, were, I don't know, changing a seal on, on, on the camshaft or whatever. Um, which does which which sounds ma more major than it really was, <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember remember Tyler had one of those little battery powered Ford F one fifties, and he had it propped up on something, and he was laying underneath it. He was like four years old, <laughs> pretending to work on the truck, while my dad and I worked on the car, and so that's been part of of the family, uh, woven into the family. And now he just goes, oh, you'll call my dad. He calls my dad Pops. He'll go Pops, and they like change the wheel bearing on on on, on his car. And then my dad's like, hey, man, I need help with my brakes. And then Tyler goes over there, and the two of them work in cars together. Now, So now my dad's having this influence on, on my boy and teaching him how to do these things that I'm not, I'm not you know, my, my dad's a mechanical savant. Like, like he'll, yeah. um, 
like you're like just like you just take stuff off throws it into a box i'm like oh we you're not gonna like label this and take pictures and numbers you're like it'll be fine and then we it'll fix be- it and he, and he puts everything back on and there's not even a seal missing um and and so you know there is that and so like people like russ and my dad who are investing in the next generation of, of these boys and teaching them some of these these old school manly skills and, and i don't know and if if i get into trouble for saying this that's cool my email's ryan at one big happy but i think that we <laughs> owe it to our kids to teach them these old school manly things like how to work on the cars and things yeah. of that nature because those are great skills uh, for young people young people to have um, and so that, that influence is so important and mentoring is so important but those are things that that require you to be present and and, and you don't need an outside mentor in your life uh, like you like i think part of the responsibility of a parent is to mentor their children right a lot of yeah. people think well, part of responsibility of their parent is to discipline their children Okay, yeah, training, cool, whatever. But 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 mentoring is part of teaching somebody how they, they should go. And and, and I was going to say I said two things. So Russ was the one story that became a story about dad, my dad and Russ. But the other story is somebody that you and I know in common, and, 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 and he'll never know that we're talking about him now, but somebody you and, and Kelly had dinner with last week because you texted me from dinner, and that's Bill Rector, who, who, who was an enormous influence on my, on my life. I find myself like mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not in a meeting where I don't find myself saying something that Bill taught me. Um, And and we need people like that in our kids' lives. And we need to be those kinds of dads. Like you need to be present. Like you need like, like I I, I don't care if it's fourth and goal and, and your team's got the ball pause the game like 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 you know when when i choose my child over the super bowl oh my gosh they love it um, yeah. it, um i remember when the cowboys were playing at, at the rams a few years ago in the nfl playoffs and and everybody over here was excited because the cowboys were doing really well that year and i don't know if you remember that game or not chris but they were down by a lot at halftime um and so my wife was in florida with with our oldest daughter and so I was single dadding it, and my parents came over to watch the game with us. My mother is the largest Dallas Cowboys fan on the planet. Um, that's not even a contest. Uh, she is a rabid Cowboys fan. And so they come over to watch the game. And so, um, and so uh, Libby, who was maybe five or six at the time, comes to me and says, Dad, you want to play cards? And I said, Baby, we can play at halftime. Well, she doesn't know what that means, right? And so she comes back there and can play cards. Baby, it's not halftime. So about three times in the first half, I shoot her away. And then at halftime, like we start talking to my parents, we're grabbing like pizza and stuff, and we don't play cards. And the second half starts, and she goes, Daddy, can we play cards now? And I said, no, 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 Dad, baby, Daddy's watching the game. And it is one of the most crushing moments in all of my parenting, Chris, because her shoulders mm. droop. She gets a sad look on her face. She goes, okay. And she walks out of the room. And it occurred to me in that moment that I had chosen... 53 men who will never love me back over spending time with my child yeah who loves me who loves me doesn't love me back just loves me to start with yeah and it was such a, it was such 
a, a huge moment in my parenting because I, I have tried so hard to remember that because because my children need to know that I choose them. And yeah. people say, well, you're letting your kids run the house. Oh, no, my children know that they're important to their father. They know that when they mess up, their dad's on their side. They know all of these things in relationship with us because they know that mom and dad choose them. And, and I think that's part of being present is choose your kids knowing that they choose them. My kids know that if the Cowboys are playing and they need something from their daddy, daddy's there. My kids know that if Manchester United, which is my, look, the Cowboys are my third favorite team of all time. Manchester United is second, and then the Springboks, the South African national rugby team, is my favorite team of all time. If any of those organizations are playing, all of my children know that their dad will stop watching them and, 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 and help them with whatever they need yeah. um, and, and, and be there for them. And it has transformed how they respond to us in our home. And this is like a message that I'd love to just, just like put on, like, like if people would hear this and make this actionable, so much would change. And that is that if your kids understand that they matter to you, so much of the behaviors change in a positive way, because we used to, we used to present what we did in terms of, well, once kids understand that they're safe and they feel safe, they're able to connect in a relationship. Yeah. But once they connect in a relationship, then that's when healing happens in their lives. And that did not get a lot of traction. And so we changed it from connecting in a relationship to healing in their lives to connecting in a relationship and behaviors change. And then all of a yeah. sudden, everybody wanted to hear what we had to say, even though changed behaviors is a result of healing in their lives. But I'm okay with that. But 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 again, um, back, back to the central thing where we're talking about here, like... like like, like, like the kids need to know that, 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 that I, cho that their, that their dad chooses them. Right. Like, like, yeah. like one of the things that, that my wife and I over the years have, have, have said to each other is I, I look her in the eye and I say, I choose you. Right. Like, 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 like being in this relationship is, is a choice that I have made. It's a choice I right. keep making. And you need to know that like, I'm here, yep. like I'm here because I've chosen this for my life. And my kids need to know that too. And I want to encourage the dads out there that, 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 that if you haven't been doing this moving forward, it has to be, it has to be like, like your kids need to know that they're important, not like they're second to, to your favorite sports team, not like they're second to whatever shows on, not like they're second to your buddies or anything like that. Like they can be second to your wife and, and my kids know mom, kids is is the is the order of priority of people in this home and they're okay with that because they know that they matter to their moms their mom and their dad but specifically to their dad so so dads be present choose your kids i promise you not only will great things happen in your relationship with your kids but your wives will look at you in a much more positive light wink wink if you know what i mean yep so just uh, two things i want to add to what you said ryan um First, one of my favorite singers that no one else has ever heard of uh, is Don Francisco, who I, I, people would probably try to classify him as a folk singer, and I guess you, you could say that. I like to think of Don as a troubadour in, the, in that old kind of classical sense. Gotcha. Um, my favorite uh, album of his is a uh, double, uh, double album uh, live thing. He put out, gosh, uh, before I started listening to him, I was introduced to him uh, when I was in high school uh, by uh, a mentor uh, who was helping run our youth group at the time. And it's one of my, kind of my Desert Island albums. And it's just him and his guitar. And I think, I believe his wife accompanied him on piano. 
um, but the songs that he sings about the life of Christ and other uh, biblical figures uh, are so. Imp- I think I think they're more impactful because of that stripped stripped down nature of his mm-hmm. songs. And one of the songs that he sings um, inclu- is about love, uh, specifically uh, the love between uh, husband and wife. But we can expand that uh, into this discussion uh, for our children as well. And the, the central line of the song is, love is not a feeling, it is an act of your will. Yes. And that song has stayed with me my entire life. Um, and that is something that when I when I am failing as a husband or as a father, eventually the Holy Spirit will give me a gentle old prodding. And that's the thing that's going through my mind is that... I'm failing because I'm not choosing to love. Yep. And I think that is the daily reminder, perhaps even the second by second reminder we need yeah. sometimes when we're going through those those really rough patches, um, that it is our choice to love both our children and, and our wives. And so that would be my challenge. Uh, men, choose to love and choose to remind yourself continuously uh, to love. And when you make that choice, how you express that choice does not necessarily have to be anything big. Um, it could be something small, like giving up the Cowboys for a few moments to play cards. Yep. Uh, for me yesterday, and I'm not, say, I'm not telling you this just to do my own horn, I'm saying this too as just a, a, another example. Um, so one of my favorite thriller writers uh, has a new book out, and I'll share that more on that in the Patreon-only green room uh, that follows Looking forward this, to hearing uh, about it. this episode. Um, I'm since I'm finished with school and have a bit of a break there. I'm desperately trying to finish it, and I really wanted to uh, do lots of reading on it and hopefully finish it this weekend. But I was also a single father this weekend while yeah. my wife was out of town briefly, and so yesterday I had to make a choice of I've got some time that I could be spending with one of my kids, um, or I could be reading. And um, he did not approach me. This was something that I thought of. Uh, based upon something that had happened between us earlier in the day. And so we spent about 45 minutes uh, in the front yard uh, working on his lacrosse uh, throws with his lacrosse stick. Um, We had a a larger set of gloves that fit me. Um, Just like in hockey, uh, you should practice your stick handling with your gloves, you should do the same in lacrosse. And so I was trying to, you know, lead by example. It's really hard when you have never played lacrosse before to uh, manage a lacrosse stick with gloves on. Um, I, I got better as the as the time went, went on, but uh, I have a lot more work to do. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's very much ahead of me in that regard. But he came up to me today, you know, yeah. more than 24 hours after this has passed, and just gave me a hug. Out of the blue, just walked up. I was in the kitchen, pill around, you know, putting dishes away or, or whatever, and just give me a hug and say, hey, Dad, thanks for uh, helping me with my lacrosse uh, throws yesterday. That's freaking awesome, dude. And so, you know, it's a small thing to us. It's a small thing, right? It was a big thing to him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so those are the things, I think, that... Almost like a, it's a dopamine rush, right? You know, yep. that feel-good thing of, ooh, well, that was kind of cool, right? So how do I get more of that? Choose to love. 
yeah. you know, choose to Come make those on. small sacrifices. And that's the investment that you were speaking about earlier, Ryan, that we need to continuously make in our kids. It doesn't well, have to be anything I, big. It can be something small. And 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 and, and I think and, and I know we've got to wrap it up here because I just looked, looked at the time. But but I think that that's that's really really critical what you said there that it doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Playing cards with my daughter, you know, seven or eight minutes to play a couple of hands of cards. Um, but you know, it it was fun. We laughed. Now there's four of us play cards, and it's become a thing here. But she knows that her daddy's available to her when she needs him or even just yep. when she wants to hang out with him. And, 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 and the kind of, of confidence that will build in her knowing, knowing that she is, is valuable as, and is loved as a person. Um, yep. I wouldn't trade in the for the world. You know, what we should do, we should kick, we should just you know, cut Kayla's mic every couple of months and just be sort of a dad, <laughs> dad's recalibrate episode. I'm serious. There you go. All right, I, I don't think she'd mind. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Well, we would love to hear any success stories you guys have or if there's something that you struggle with out there, dads. Uh, shoot us an email, info at onebighappyhome.com, and Ryan or I would be happy to get back with you uh, with hopefully some helpful advice. Uh, if nothing else, we have some good stories, I'm sure, that we could share to, to make you feel better. As always, we have a Facebook group just for our podcast listeners. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. You will find, uh, I believe Kayla and I d uh, decided a couple episodes ago, we have around 2,000 uh, listeners in this Facebook group, which uh, can be rather unwieldy. And that's why we have our Patreon-only group as well, which you can only access by being a Patreon subscriber. Or you can also hear about one of Chris's favorite thriller writers in an, a Green Room episode to record it shortly. So if that's not enough of a tease, uh, it does financially help us continue to produce the podcast and get it out there to help families like yours. Hey, Chris. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I know that, that you're trying to, trying to land, land the plane here, but I just do want to give an, an endorsement um, of, of that, uh, of the Empowered Parent Podcast community. And it is a community because it is people helping people. It's not just, um, not, not just, just, um, you know, me or Kayla and, or you or Dallas, whoever jumping there and responding to questions, but it is actually people helping people, which is how we love that. And then obviously yep. you know, the private community for patrons where, where we're more involved in direct questions. But here's a cool thing that happened. We had a mom, uh, last week, post something about um their their six-year-old daughter and had uh, a bunch of people jump in there uh and not just talk uh just not just say this is what you should say say hey from our experience this is kind of how we handled a similar situation this is how we addressed it blah blah blah, blah, blah. which is really really great by the time Kayla got involved, like eight people had already shared, not just not just from a place of I know what you're supposed to do, but hey, this is how we handle this on the situation. Um, this mom actually lives locally here in Dallas, Fort Worth, um, actually not too far from 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 us. They, they live in, in in the next little city over, which mm -hmm. happens to be the same city that you live in. And, and so uh, Kayla sends her a message where Kayla gets in the thread and responds. This mom sends her a private message uh, mm. on, on, on Facebook and Kayla and I are having dinner with them next week because they're like, okay, well, hey, let, can we go out, take you guys out to dinner and, and then just kind of like figure the situation out. So it is an active group. There are other people who are active, like, like local people will private message us and like we'll meet up and stuff. So it's not just there just because there's, you know, 2000 people in the group. 
but there are people in that group who are actually really helping each other and, and finding a way to get invested in each other's lives. And so we just love that it's there. I mean, they're like, like there's people from Australia in there. She's like this one lady, I forget her name. She's like a life coach from Australia. Like she'll weigh in with advice. It's awesome. Well, I don't think I could have come up with a better plug than that for our Facebook group. So if you are not already a member, please go search it out. Just look for the Empowered Parent Podcast community and sign up to uh, be let in. As always, we appreciate uh, any reviews you guys could leave us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are subscribing to this podcast from. We really appreciate appreciate you guys listening. Thanks so much. Hey, friends, this is Dallas. I wanted to tell you about our Patreon page and how you can become a Patreon subscriber. If you go to patreon.com slash empowered parent, you can sign up to support our podcast starting at just $5 a month. You'll gain access to our exclusive Facebook group only for patrons. There's also other levels where you can get access to exclusive audio content and guest interviews, recorded classes, monthly Q&As to answer your questions, and also personal parent coaching where you can share some struggles you may be having and brainstorm ideas and get some resources to really help your family. Hey, we so appreciate you listening and we would love your support for the podcast and to become a part of our Patreon family of listeners. To sign up, visit patreon.com slash empowered parent.